and welcome to Fans of the Genre 27 for May 15th, 2017. I'm Brian Swanson. I'm Mikey Krieger. And, I, and I'm R-O-A-D-S. This week, we're going to talk about our favorite games that you may not have heard of, as well as Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Prey, Bloodborne, and more. Uh, we're going to kick things off with an email we got. If you want to send questions to the show or topics for discussion, you can send them to info at infinitedogs.com. Just like Taylor did. Shout out to wrote, Taylor. Hey, FOTG crew. Recently, to pass the time, I picked up my Vita again and played another run of my favorite obscure video game, Ease. That's YS. And that got me wondering, do you guys have a favorite, very obscure video game that no one else you know has played? Keep up the good work. Cheers, Taylor. Um, first, I think it should, it's pretty useful to define like what niche might mean or niche i don't know how to pronounce it you guys know how to pronounce that i got yelled at when i said niche one time so i think it's niche um who who yelled at you i just hurt you brian (laughs) who hurt um so i like i i think an easy way to to describe it is like not mainstream like built for a very specific audience right Mm -hmm. um and maybe it doesn't necessarily reach like a wide appeal or get very popular but you still love it yeah, like if it's a game, maybe it focuses on a certain mechanic that some people think are, is really cool, like collecting or organizing something. You know, it's not necessarily trying to appeal to a mass audience like a AAA game might. Yeah, and I think like Harvest Moon is a really good example of a niche or niche focus game because like yeah. it's or even Stardew Valley or even Animal Crossing. A lot of people like Animal Crossing, but I, yeah, I don't think it's Animal, for everybody. Animal Crossing is pretty huge. Um, and that's a good point. Yeah, I, I think Harvest Moon and stardew valley would be apt even though like stardew valley is like one of the most successful indie games of the past few years um or even like a, a jrpg like suikoden or shenmue yeah, sort yeah. of yeah um some like obscure it's it, a lot of them come from japan at least for us because we're not from japan so yeah. Um, um yeah for me i have always like made a bunch of friends through like forums on like ign and through like hanging out at pax and all this so like mm-hmm. I, I i typically know at least one person who is at least like pretty familiar with like a game that i'm gonna play like yeah even if they haven't played it they're aware of like who made it it's yeah what it what kind of game it is all like, that sort of stuff the one example that i could think of um of like a, a legitimately a game that i don't know anybody that's ever played is uh and i brought it up on the pod a few times evo search for eden the super nintendo right. game where you um like eat other animals and gain their yeah. evolutionary um abilities and stuff um but yeah like, like for me it's it's one of those things where it's like typically how i discover games like it's through platforms that i've made friends through so mm-hmm. it's like it's hard for me to think of a game that like i just legitimately don't nobody else has ever yeah that's when i was thinking about games that i i I can think of tamadachi life uh, a game that that i played for review that no one should play but (laughs) um better than that when i was thinking of games for for my list or or whatever i was having trouble because like i kind of made this realization that even if not a lot of people have played a game that you like uh because of the internet and social media it's pretty easy to find other fans of it mm-hmm. whereas like a lot of the obscure games that like older critics reference just weren't around when people were on online or logged on all the time you know um so like my example is or one of my examples is XCOM, which i know is critically acclaimed and like has fans but like when i was working at gamestop i would have to like explain what it was to someone yeah um when i was trying to recommend it you know what i mean um same with like i don't know if like metal gear solid has like the mainstream clout that we all maybe want to believe it does but like metal gear rising revengeance was a weird offshoot that i thought was really Mm -hmm. cool that i don't think a lot of people picked up um yeah well like brian was talking in our uh like text thread about metal gear acid which (laughs) oh yeah that's another offshoot Absolutely. I mean, that was even more obscure. There was an Acid 2 as well. I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, I, I think, like, the PSP and Vita would be pretty good, like, bastions. For I know. Like that. When I was thinking yeah. about this, I was like, I should just pick up my Vita and look what's on the home screen and then see. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I, I feel like The World Ends With You might be a game that kind of falls into that yeah, category. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, I, I, we've all played that, right, Brian? Have you played yeah, that? It's, uh, I played, like, the first, like, 20 minutes. It's sitting on my nightstand, actually, like 
like oh. in my pile of come on dude <laughs> i think uh that's available on ios i'm not sure how the port is but i i've from what i hear that's one of the better yeah like, sure I, like square enix ios ports like because that's they, surprising because they they, uh, they charge like 16 dollars for a game and change all the art that people liked oh, for final God. fantasy yeah they're so and bad just met, yeah well the world ends they're also bad because they're canceling hitman Ugh. sorry <laughs> go ahead keep moving <laughs> yeah um that's messed up no i, I was just gonna say that the world ends with use art kind of lends itself to what is already on the app store so that yeah. that's a game that i don't think really need much upkeep and since that no. was a game that relied heavily on the touch screen of the ds like it translates pretty well to the uh iphone from from what i understand i you can't convince me to buy anything for like 20 bucks on on, iPhone. A, on an iphone yeah but, yeah yeah uh have either the other of one... you guys played cave story yeah no for me that's like one of those early indie games that people that everyone talked about right yeah but i just never got around to playing Dude, like I, I through its it. multiple ports and it's all on that. everything yeah. but like yeah. did you ever beat it mikey uh i don't think i ever beat it Ooh, there's a bunch so it's like it's like a indie platformer shooter with branching stories and a lot of really cool secrets it's it's really charming it's really cute and um i think my, out of my immediate friend group I know two people two people who have played it and beaten it, but um, it feels like one of those games that like I see advertising for online sometimes. But <laughs> well, it's like, been re- it, it's been re released a couple times, multiple times now. Yeah. yeah, I have it on the 3ds, PC, and it's also coming to Switch. I don't know if I'm going to buy it on Switch, but yeah. Um, um, no, I like, used... feels like people don't talk about it. Yeah, yeah. So I used to. So um, my high school had a like computer system where like all students had some like an individual like kind of profile that you could sign into any computers and it would keep files yeah. on there. Yeah. Um, and I kept an NES emulator, mm-hmm. a super Nintendo emulator and cave story on mine. That's so awesome. nice. in any of my classes, I could just sit in the back and play games on my computer. Cause I took a independent study Japanese. And so I'd sit there in that <laughs> class and I'd just play games all the time. Cause I, you know, I'd turn in my homework on time. So my teacher didn't really care if I goofed off. Um, yeah and i remember that'd be, one, one kid tried writing f- me out once and uh my teacher's just like stop bugging him like let him play games like he nice. he, he knows more japanese than you stop it <laughs> he's a true uh weeaboo yeah um, but this is also high school so it's like yeah like what was like a full year in high school so i was, I was second year and that's like a quarter um right of like college japanese that i knew yeah which, <laughs> um that'd be a fun topic like down the line uh of like doing whatever it took to play games in school dude i have a lot of stories about that uh all like my entire high school homeroom was just like yep this is the time that i log on and play n plus or or n i think it was just n at the time or just in general because like in elementary school when you take like a computer class like you do like typing exercises and then it's like all right now it's free play now you can go play these fun uh unless it was blocked by a proxy we didn't have a yeah, yeah, I don't know. That. We we had we had to like find Click new cop. sites. Like oh. yes, oh man. So that was a good game. And, and that I, was a proxy. Uh, oh in, oh, sorry. In my elementary, I was thinking of this schools. weird like helicopter game where you had to like hold the button down oh, yeah. to like yeah. move it through a thing. I remember that. Anyway, um, no, we had like the like Dino Hunter game and um, Oregon Trail. Yeah, yeah. You know what's like, funny, guys? What's what's up? Taylor, who wrote in, was in my homeroom, and we played a lot of these games together. Nice. Shout out anyway. to Taylor again. Yeah. What's up, Taylor? What's um, up? But yeah, like we do like typing exercises where it's like, oh, you gotta you know type all of these like little exercises out, and then you can use the rest of this time to play games. And so I, I got really good yeah. at typing because I wanted to play these games. There's one where it's like you're like in like a garden and you're like smashing vegetables or something, and huh. then there was like a dinosaur game. Um, but yeah, like. Yeah, I, I think talking about just games in school, and then I could actually figure out what these are instead of trying to talk plainly right. about them. Um, yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. Uh, that'd be kind of a fun topic. In my as a high school, in, in like my junior and senior years, I was in a Cisco advanced Cisco networking class in my school, and so that meant that we were working a lot with like routers and switches, and had our own computers. And I think the first thing we did was set up all of the switches so that we could play StarCraft. Nice. And it was That's like awesome. industrial, like business, like like infrastructure that we were using that we were supposed to be yeah. practicing on and we uh played starcraft for a little while and then got caught that's awesome <laughs> did you get in trouble 
depending on the time, uh, we found our teacher was yeah. really awesome, and he would like get mad if we were playing games. But sometimes, you know, him being a, him, he's really easy to distract. So if you talked about his favorite restaurant or like old movies, he immediately like forgot yeah. that he was punishing you. I love teachers like that, and, and like it was great. He, he's awesome. He's still um, teaching it too. Cool. Uh, I was also thinking of. Um, I was one of the few people that was like playing almost every downloadable PlayStation Network game as it was coming out on the PS3 back in like 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like kind of like the Wild West of, for me anyway, like downloading a game. Um, I thought that was like, such a weird concept. Yeah. Obviously, you were doing it on PC for years before that. And Xbox was like a year or two ahead on getting downloadable games to, to people. But like one of the earlier developers. Um, that like really took advantage of PlayStation Network was a developer called Q Games, and they're they're still making stuff, but they had a run of uh, of games called in the Pixel Junk series, uh-huh. and each one would be like a different genre, a different type of game. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were all it's like my favorite of the, of the Pixel Junk series is a shooter, Pixel Junk Shooter, which is like a twin stick shooter through, um, like in space sort of thing. It, yeah. it, it's kind of like kind of like a metroidvania um Mm -hmm. in the way you navigate through and i thought the power-ups were really cool did a lot of cool stuff with like with fire and water and elements and stuff and the second one expanded on all that it was really cool Hmm. the second Um, one's the one that made it to eden that's the one that made it to ps4 right uh pistol dunk shooter 2 made it to ps4 yeah Yeah. eden's a eden's one of those like one of the earlier like art games that i can think of and when i say art games it's a little like derivative i guess but of, of like those sort of chill like Hohokum, Nobu 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 Boy or whatever it's called. Uh, yeah. Just like playing to look at the world and like mm. experience it. Um, you played as this little creature, creature that like could swing around plants, but it was like all two tone color. So I don't. It was pretty cool. I like that game a lot. Um, so this really made me think. This topic. Uh, there aren't many like niche games. Um, that I can think of that I've played. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and, and since we're so like engaged in, like in this community that follows, like all yeah. of the news of it, like just meticulously, it's hard for us to like, like find games that are truly like niche. Um, yeah, yeah. Without like, scrounging through like itch.io or something. Yeah, and and right like, where, like, if we play like Snake Pass, like I'm right. sure that would be like. Like, in the grand scheme of things, that'd be niche, but, like, I wouldn't think of it like that, because that was what a lot of people talked about for, like, a week, because it was one of, like, four games on Switch. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 what got me thinking, like, we fo- we all follow the same sorts of people on Twitter and, and, and games media, and they all are usually playing the same game at the same time. And I yeah. wonder, like, is Persona 5 really that big, or do people who, like, review games really, really like it? And, like... Yeah. I think it's like, a lot. I don't know. It, it's, it's tough to, like, know how big an audience is in the West for well, a series I, like that. I, I think specifically for Persona 5, I think that actually like sold like gangbusters. Oh, good. good. That's cool. Um, yeah. Which yeah, I, I sat down to play it again and I haven't been able to like really get into it. Hmm. Like, I, I don't know if it's that like I'm still super into my Bloodborne run or, um, like, like right, right now, like if none of my friends are online, I want to play Bloodborne. And if they like, I do have some friends online. I want to play Overwatch. And like, that's kind of yeah. where I'm at right now. Yeah. And like, I, I don't know why, but Persona Five isn't grabbing me, and Persona Four didn't really either, because I put about four or five hours into it, and like, and then had my first like JRPG battle. Mm-hmm. And so I was oh. just like, like yeah, like I I can tell that, like I, I went into it wanting to have like a jrpg and i realized it's like oh it's at best probably like 60 percent like this high school drama stuff and then 40 percent rpg yeah. and so it, it might have just been like i wasn't in the right mindset for it but um five isn't grabbing me and um yeah and, and like folks do say that like the 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 fighting and the, the battles and dungeon crawling is a lot better in five i never played yeah. four so i don't know but uh, I feel I hear what you're saying. Like it's it hasn't quite grabbed me yet. I have it, and I'm actually like, I, I, I don't, you guys have probably listened to the besties at this point. But when Chris Plant uh, on it said that you should keep an eye out for a uh, Persona Five Golden on a certain handheld console, I was like, 
Oh mm. God, please. I didn't. Did Sony not fund a significant portion of Persona Five to to make it PS exclusive? I think they did. That's the problem. Uh, but they they might have. But does Atlas really release much on? Are, and are you talking spe- like specifically PC or like just in general? Like, I thought they. I thought it was a Sony exclusive. It is, um, as far as I know. Yeah, I, I think that's just been Persona. I. Oh, I just meant like I don't think Persona Five was going to come to Switch. I think oh no! Awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I highly doubt that. Yeah, um, it's the dream, though. Yeah, yeah that'd be super cool. <laughs> <laughs> but like Atlas, I mean, did develop uh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions and like a bunch of Shin Megami Tensei games for 3DS and stuff. Yeah, like there will be more games like that on Switch. So, and like we were just messaging in our on our thread earlier. Like I, I think having the Switch for for at least you Mikey has made you want like Bloodborne and other games on the Switch like it 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 sounds like any type of game would work really really well on that I don't know yeah no so. it's just as long as it's not like too taxing on the system to where it just like eats the battery like yeah, yeah. Um, Zelda will go through the battery in about three hours whereas like Binding of Isaac I can play for like six hours right um, but yeah it, it's and I even then like three hours is a pretty good time to play a switch like i spent art like when brian and i went down to portland like i spent the entire drive back playing uh Mm -hmm. kamiko and i think i opened it and it was like 80 percent, and i never got a um like low battery warning in like the three hours it took to get from portland back up to seattle so like yeah like it's you know it was good for a pretty solid drive and yeah, like I, I, I think that the battery concerns are a little um, overblown. A little bit, and you know, as, yeah. if, if you have the the means to like charge it on the go, um, it's then, never a problem at like, that point. Yeah, like, yeah, like if you're on an mm-hmm. airplane, like yeah, if if you know every and I don't fly very often, but every time I've flown, like I've had access to a like charging port. Right, and those like portable USB charging packs are mm. pretty affordable now. Yeah, um, yeah cool um, yeah any okay. other like niche titles you guys can think of not right now but i'd love to hear from other people like if you have a yeah. niche title tweet at us or send us an email and we'd love to hear about it look at it i'll probably play it and then we can talk about it yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. go ahead and write into info at infinite with your favorite niche game and why you love it and we'll follow up next week yeah um or in the future or yeah sometime in the future because who knows how long it'll take to get a fucking email on this show it's, emails are slow like it, it, it yeah you, you put them in the you put them you write them up and then you press send and then the internet fairies come and they like yeah like, they take your email sometimes it gets lost in transit and you yeah. have to like pick it up at the service center and yeah, yeah it's a whole thing so i just saw something super super dope um so we, we didn't put this on here but i think it's actually an interesting conversation to have um so Alan Wake, oh, it, I'll be the judge of that. Um, so Alan Wake came out five years ago on Xbox and PC. It was the follow-up to um, what did that studio do before Alan Wake? Max Payne Two. Ma- yeah, the, uh, yeah, they did Max Payne. Um, spent like five years making it, and like largely was like pretty beloved. Um, and so now their music licenses have expired, and that game is yeah. just going to disappear off of digital shelves. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. I think it tomorrow is a is or today when you're hearing this it's already gone. Yeah. Um oh, so I guess it doesn't matter, but right now on Steam, Alan Wake is three dollars and the DLC is one dollar. Yep. I bought it. I don't have a PC, um, but I bought yeah. it just in the off chance that someday I will get one. Uh, <laughs> you you should you guys played it? No. No, I, I never had a three sixty. Um I yeah. it. so I I'm gonna buy it because yeah, it's, it's four bucks for like a yeah. very, very, very highly re- uh, regarded game, and mm-hmm. it's DLC, and it's like about to PT, which is going to disappear yeah. forever. Yeah. Um, um. But yeah, so like I, like I have a Mac that can play PC games, and my roommate, um, is like his old laptop is dead, and even then it couldn't have handled um the next game we're going to talk about. Uh, <laughs> but I have like I I've been jonesing, and you, you should get a PC gaming device roads for alan wake but also for player unknowns battlegrounds have you played it too not yet um when okay. i get paid i'll probably buy it oh uh, yeah fuck and now then, i need to god damn it can, yeah can no, you, and yeah 
uh, Evan's uh, talking about buying a gaming rig because like he he had seen everyone talking about it on Twitter, and I don't remember if I was watching the Waypoint or the Polygon Let's Play, both of which are very good. Yeah, both yeah. of which are phenomenal. Um, I think it was Polygon because uh, Evan's not Evan. Evan likes Austin and Patrick on Twitter, but he's not. Yeah, he doesn't really follow games. But uh, yeah, it's not a Waypoint. Yeah, do they have but a he, fan but name? He, I think way well. They're the waypointers. I don't know. Yeah, they're the waypointers. Um, but so my roommate is considering buying a gaming rig, not exclusively for, but um, like his primary drive right now is to play player in Nuns Battlegrounds. Hell yeah! Um, That's my whole thing right now too, and I've I'm like scared at this like compulsion to <laughs> like spend a thousand dollars or whatever. It yeah, takes no, to, he was like play this game. All right, I th- I think I could probably like get a pretty decent gaming rig for like 700 bucks. I build it myself. Yeah. Um, and, and he's just sitting there like looking at all these options and it's mm-hmm. like, and I know. It, and I'm doing, I'm doing that thing where I'm like, I'm looking, I'm looking at it. <laughs> I'm doing that thing where I'm like, Oh, well, I could just pay for it with my credit card and pay out, like pay it off in installments. And I'll be like, yeah, just enjoy it'll it. And I don't know. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Just I'll get into debt. It's fine. Yeah. Well, you have a monitor, you have a keyboard and mouse, right? Uh, I have a mouse. I want to build my own mechanical keyboard. Oh, okay. <laughs> Never mind. Like, then. I'm on I'm on this like online community called Masterop, and they every day I get an email uh, from the keyboard community. There's different sub communities within Masterop, and uh, people are doing like really cool shit with keyboards, like getting blank keycaps and then just like doing really weird gradients with your keyboard. Kotaku's and then a, a yeah, uh, like it was that. all about Papa Pichu, Chris Person on Twitter. Nice. Um, He's great. Really yeah, funny. he funny like boy. six months ago was talking about his love for mechanical keyboards, and now I want to build one. I fucking hate them. Um, for the record, they're too loud. Oh, oh, I, oh. I thought you were saying you hate I thought Chris. You, I thought you, yeah, I was like, oh, what do you hate Chris for? I hate him. No, I <laughs> yeah. love him, but I hate mechanical keyboards. Yeah, like he, I, I don't really follow him professionally, but um, his he's one of my favorite Twitter people right now. He's a, he's a good, he's a good follow. He's really funny. Um, and he'll tweet back and at he'll, you too exactly yeah if you yeah i I noticed that too um which is really nice thanks for doing that for the underdogs yeah. uh, like like us uh so uh, player yeah let's Battle talk Grounds? about player on player the worst title of a video game i've ever heard in my entire life pretty I, bad and like self-aggrandizing i but love now it i'm so kind of into it now <laughs> yeah like i i love that it's so bad because it kind of fits the like aesthetic and the current state of the game um, yeah because it's a uh it's not early access. Do they still call it that? It's still early access, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a very early access game. Like, it just went up, like, maybe a month ago. Yeah. Um, and it just kind of has this very, like, rudimentary basic aesthetic. But, like, the name... Like, it's... it's When you, like, kind of see it, just at, like, a quick glance, and you see the name, you're like, this is, like... Seems like just primo Steamware, like, shovel... It, yeah, it, yeah, it doesn't look polished or professionally made or, or anything, but that's kind of... I hate, I, I don't like saying this because I think that we give like a free pass to certain developers for saying this, but like it does yeah. feel like part of the charm of it right now. And I'm worried that like if I do get it in a couple months and they've polished it and made it more like presentable, that it's not going to be as like unique or interesting. That's exactly where I'm at right now. It's one of yeah. these games where it's like, this is going to change. Like, you know... yeah like like uh the life of pablo like this is going to be a completely different <laughs> game in a few months like yeah. player unknowns the life of pablo and so yeah. for some context with this game it yes uh, originally please. two years ago uh, a game came out called h1z1 also a horrible name uh it was a <laughs> it was like kind of the same idea it was a first person shooter that you could also go into third person for um it came out early access meaning that it the developers launched it with the intention to continue to update it and listen to fan uh, fan feedback to sort of shape the way that game is developed. And it initially started as a survival game where you like you like you're in a world with zombies and other players, and you can like interact with the players, build stuff, have guns, cars, and things like that. But then they released this mode called Battle Royale, which for most for anyone who's familiar with the movie Battle Royale, it's the same premise it, or The Hunger Games. You right. have a hundred people zone in on a map, so you fly over this map and pick a place to drop off on. It's a large island, and you fight to the death as the map area that you can play in uh, 
becomes smaller and smaller. Uh, if you're outside of the play area, you'll die from gas. But yeah. that game is exactly an, an example of what you guys were talking about. Like it came out and it got more and more polished, and the direction changed here and there, and the jankiness that made it really popular on Twitch, I think, kind of got smoothed out. And so one of the developers, I think this player unknown guy, <laughs> yeah, he quit the team and started building Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, and it's currently that game. It's his vision of the game before they added a lot of things that changed H1Z1 into what it is now, which is now two games, King of the yeah. Kill and Just Survive. And King of the Kill is that Battle Royale game. I think he like he he's responsible for King of the Kill, right? Probably. And yeah. he also modded... I, I've heard just through podcasts and stuff that he also modded Arma, a version of Arma 3 to, to run a similar game mode. Yeah. Um, so did uh, King of the Kill have the same kind of like map shrinking Yep. Yep. Think okay. Cool. I watched a um Giant Bomb play I think last week on their Unprofessional Friday stream. Mm-hmm. They went to just go back and check out where uh I like Austin's thing on Waypoint calling it Plunk Bat <laughs> yeah. instead of um where Plunk Bat came from. Uh they played King of the Kill on stream and it 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 looks like almost exactly the same except there's crafting and there's a couple of other little modifications yeah. and a bunch of like loot to make your like character look super zany and weird yeah um anyway something clicked with this game because like like you said there's been um games like this for years now and something about it reached mainstream and it feels like it's really built to work on twitch like i've had more fun watching this game than uh playing any game in the last week i'd say yeah Um, i I would agree with that well i've been playing a lot of bloodborne and bloodborne's amazing right right but yeah like and as somebody who doesn't like watching things on twitch very much like me neither like i I don't actively dislike it but it's just not my thing and yeah yeah this game is so good to just like sit and watch and i think it's a big part of it right like it was built to be watched from the ground yeah Yeah. and no matter what like if you're watching one person who's playing by themselves or if they're in a squad and they're over voice chat like everything about it is tense and interesting like and i think what's really great about it is um like because that map is constantly shrinking uh you know that something's about to happen like maybe 75 percent of the way through no matter what yeah Yeah. like and there's this there's like a finite time limit on how long this game can be really based on how that map is shrinking like the games are short what is it uh 40 minutes is where like yeah the map is shrunk okay i feel like most most of the runs i watch because not everyone survives all the way through like last maybe 20 or 30 yeah um yeah and like that is a long time to be watching what is ostensibly like a youtube video quote unquote to like yeah to most people but like it's like watching a good tv show and it, i think it's also really personality driven it's yeah. helped that uh every day patrick and austin at waypoint have been streaming it and they've got this like they've already got in-game fiction they've got <laughs> characters they've got fan art they've got like an arc like austin's gonna be gone this week so patrick's <laughs> gonna be playing by himself and uh there's something about it man it's just like super super fun to watch and it's made me go like hmm i could get a pc now and play with my friends and yeah well um, and so mm-hmm. what i from what i understand is like one of the things that might be what's driving the appeal of this is that the other games have much longer matches where like, i've heard that they like go like an hour and a half to two hours to longer than that at points mm-hmm. like yeah um and then yeah like uh plunk bat like sim- simplifies it by like removing crafting and all this stuff where it's not like a full on like a true like survival game and i think it kind of keeps it rooted a little bit more in um action and and at least like a, a faster paced survival where it's not like all right i'm gonna camp out i'm gonna you know i need to scavenge it's like, mm-hmm. like you do need to go like loot in player unknowns battlegrounds but like yeah it's not it, it doesn't completely requires like a bunch of effort and time just to like prepare like if, if no. you look into finding like a good house on the like on the get-go you could have most of what you're gonna you know go through your run with yeah i yeah. mean i played it I've, I've been playing it so um and when yeah I, and, so, yeah <laughs> we've uh, just been watching it you've actually been playing it so. i did stream like three games on the infinite dogs facebook i don't think that my discord chat was in there but you can't hear me talk to myself uh <laughs> it it's really fun it it's exactly what you guys said and i think a big part of what makes it really engaging to watch is it constantly like 
forces and incentivizes conflict in entertaining mm-hmm. and anxiety inducing ways. And so if you just like watching people be in stressful situations as they play, like that's sort of the bread and butter of the game because you can just like land on the ground at somewhere that you pick, maybe like find a spot where the map is going to eventually converge on. uh, And then hold yourself up in a house with whatever like meager supplies you found and maybe go without conflict for like 15 to 20 minutes until the map forces people to be where you are. And then like the shit starts to fly. Like, uh, you know, like a, someone's gonna drive up with a car, and like four people are gonna get out, or uh, you are gonna open a door that you haven't opened in that house, and a guy is gonna be camped in there with a shotgun, or a care package drops, and that's like, mm-hmm. like the the tributes or uh, no, the like the things in the Hunger Games where people would pay in, and Katniss gets a knife oh. or something, like yeah. that. That happens in the game. It's not actually sponsored by anyone, but the game will just drop a box with a really good weapon and people will just run for it and, and die. <laughs> so <laughs> it's really fun. And, and I think that it like similar to the reason why I love like heroes of the storm. Uh, what, what are you calling it? Plunk bat. Plunk bat. <laughs> Plunk bat is just, Plunk uh, bat. <laughs> it's short. And the, and what's really cool too, is it's so popular that cues are instantaneous. So you I die. noticed that when watching streams, like people get hop right back into a game and you hop right back in and there's no waiting and it, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, I think that's my cool. Like I've seen a couple of things of like how people have like, um, mapped the, uh, the keys to controllers. Cause like mm-hmm. my, my big hurdle to PC gaming is I, cannot stand playing on a keyboard and mouse and like maybe that just means i need to invest in like a really good one um a good maybe. keyboard and a mouse but um like th- this is a game where it's like no matter like i, I don't care i still want to try to play it and it seems like it's largely like oh yeah just the way that like bandages are mapped we're like in like a high pressure situation i probably won't need to like resort to that like i, I think that I- it's a game where i could get by because it's not like overwatch where it's like okay then you have like your abilities mapped to like three or four keys that are like immediately surrounding like the movement keys. And it's like trying to keep track of all that. It's like, I think I could manage the keyboard controls for plunk bat. Yeah. Yeah. You can be like me and get a razor Naga mouse with 12 side buttons. Damn. Sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> it's really comfortable. Um, well, I'm sure there'll be more updates. Um, Hey, uh, do you have any, like, were there any like interesting stories, any highlights from that stream? Um, yeah, so I, I play with my friend Shay and his brother Brody. And his uh, uh, Brody is a veteran, so came back from the from serving in the military uh, pretty recently. And so he's been playing this game for I think the past month. And Shay and I just bought it on Friday, yeah. so he was giving us sort of the grand tour of it. And I think a mix between his experience in the game and his military background, just it was like, dude, can I hang out with you if like the world ever ends? Because he, <laughs> like we would just run around and and like freak out over like finding pairs of shoes on the ground and he'd be like like there was this one moment where che was like looting a, a, a church really slowly and like 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 brody was up in a tower watching over him and killed five people as che just like aloofly <laughs> was wow searching around and he was like yeah uh you might want to actually find a gun now <laughs> it was Damn. pretty funny so this game's super realistic um very accurate to to military experience is that what you're saying uh i mean he was just like very confident <laughs> and that was really Teasing. helpful yeah that's cool man uh, i'm excited to hear more and see more and hopefully play more someday yeah um you've also been playing prey i played a shit ton of prey this weekend too what do you uh, think uh it's it's really cool i don't know it makes me want like in a future episode for us to talk about like fantasy versus sci-fi or something because i I, when I when I was playing it, Prey is a first-person shooter, uh, narrative-driven game. Um, An immersive sim, if you immersive will. Immersive sim on it. It takes place on a space station, and there are mm-hmm. aliens that that mimic. They're called mimics, and they like uh, can make themselves look like things like coffee cups and scare the shit out of you. But wow. uh, what's really cool about it is it like the story is just very interesting and it's a haunted house in many ways how you like explore the ship there are lots of aliens but also lots of little stories and so if you like gone home it's almost like gone home with guns and like sad (laughs) i I like sad games (laughs) uh it it just like it i've been thinking of a piece to write about for it and 
Mm-hmm. I think a lot of folks have been sort of trying trying to not. Maybe some folks have been trying to not compare Prey to other games that it's like. But I kind of yeah. want to write a piece where it just I just talk about all of the different games that like it it just so like expertly pulls from. You know, like one yeah. minute I'm playing Bioshock and you know I have this really strong first person shooter combat and story going on around me and then another minute i'm playing dead space and i'm like sure. exploring this the derelict ship full of horrors and, and then another moment it's like dishonored in some way or something or like or like you said gone home like exploring home. A, yeah that's that's actually really interesting i think it could be useful to like i don't know one of the things that we set out to do is talk about games for people that maybe aren't interested in games or like don't know a lot about games or something i, I don't know being able to compare really really popular games to this new one might help people check it out i don't know uh i am aware of some like pretty like game breaking bugs with it like later on down the road it sounds like there's some save problems and like that hasn't happened to me yet i so far the game feels very polished and and, like well developed but i'm totally like keeping an eye out for any of those issues Uh, i'm playing on pc and it looks beautiful and like uh, another thing that comes up a lot with PC games that YouTube mm-hmm. may may one day like discover is and you've, you've heard about is like PC ports can sometimes be like really good and sometimes be like that last minute like we have three weeks to to ship this thing bad so and it's I, not optimized for not PC. optimized at all like like you can't adjust the graphics or the mouse and keyboard controls are are just awful I mm-hmm. think Prey is a really good example of like a baseline good optimized pc game like it doesn't blow anything out of the water like it's not uh i think actually metal gear rising revengeance was really good from what i remember on pc Hmm. but it it definitely like does everything very well and should be like a baseline for developers to to build toward it feels like this game was built on pc and then ported to consoles i guess is what i'm trying to say and that's always a cool feeling i guess yeah as a pc master race kind yeah. of guy yeah boy. that uh mm. that genre of game like the system shocks and the uh like thieves bioshocks and thieves the, and yeah well like not not even bioshock we're just going down to like the more of the core game design where like it yeah. seems like it borrows from bioshock narratively like yeah the roots of that game from a design standpoint like um the original like deus ex and system shock and uh, yeah like those are so i feel ingrained in yeah like pc gaming like that that mm-hmm. I, I totally understand where you would kind of get the feeling like yeah this is made for pc and then yeah kind of port it over like because i always felt like that whenever i'd play like quake on consoles yeah. Um, yeah and unreal tournament like i think i had those on like xbox and it's like this feels weird and like and uh, oddly like i don't know how to pin it but like i remember those games just feeling like i should be playing this on a pc mm-hmm. right um yeah or even like also i felt that way with yeah yeah even like overwatch i'm sure it's really popular on console and stuff but we've talked before about the uh like how different the experience is playing on pc versus playing someone who's played on console like yeah console players are objectively worse and and (laughs) two two other games that it reminds me of uh mikey said deus ex it's it's very similar to deus ex and like the upgrade system and like getting like strength uh, or leverage abilities to move boxes and access mm-hmm. new areas. And the other thing that it reminds me of, and this is sort of spurred from one of the more recent waypoint radios when they were talking about it is uh, this spaceship is an office. Like it's a, a very administrative heavy uh, uh, location. And it reminds me a lot of playing through the first half life. If either hmm. of you ever yeah. played the original half life, like that's going through bit like kind of the same thing but on earth like it's a lab with like offices and then you get into like engineering and physics labs so there's a lot of that going on and i think that it's really cool is that is that interesting to you like like going through mundane spaces yeah because like i work in a pretty mundane space and it's kind of fun to see it like turned on its head right right i'm in the same boat i love like that's kind of the appeal of some of those gone homes or, or fire watches where you're just like doing very simple human tasks or navigating like i don't know uh that, like you said a, a home or an office space and it, it it's it's really cool especially if you feel like there's something wrong happening yeah, yeah. like that's part of why i feel i really like bioshock where like mm-hmm. yeah it didn't feel like these environments were like 
murder corridors or something like that like or it's like right like if yeah. you think of like traditionally where you'll pl- like be on like a spaceship in games it's like oh i'm on a halo where it's like a big military compound and like it's you know kind of designed around like like e- even though like this ship in like reality wouldn't be like designed around combat like it feels very much structured where it's like all these just mm-hmm. kind of big empty meaningless rooms and where it's like oh I'm boxes gonna go for t- cover <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm going to go up to the library, or I'm going to go to the, um, you know, to the mess hall, or something like that. Or I'm going to go to, like, these barracks. Like, um, it's like that. that's what I feel like Fallout has always... Like, I think that's my appeal with, like, largely the, like, the Bethesda Game Studios games. And, yeah. And Bethesda is the publisher of this, so... Yeah. Um, it's very easy to kind of trace that lineage, but, um, yeah, where it's like, I always love going through places in fallout and like in some places do it better than others like going through like the old vaults is always like incredibly fascinating to me yeah it's like going in kind of like society devolves in those vaults in different ways depending yeah. on which vault you're in it's pretty yeah. yeah it's pretty interesting yeah and so i that sounds like especially when you put it in the context of like a spaceship like very mm-hmm. rarely like it, you're either like explicitly like not in combat where it's like a mass effect or yeah. um like tacoma like when we were playing tacoma like yeah like yeah, i can see how this is like well lived in and everything but it, um to kind of put it in the context of a you know what's largely a shooter um i yeah. think it's really interesting yeah um oh shoot i had something oh well um, I, no. I forgot it. The last cool part too about Prey is that it is actively aware that you're trying to explore in places that maybe the main story isn't taking you yet. And hmm. one example I've I've found of that is you eventually get into a zero gravity area where you're like able to sort of be outside of the ship. So there are like hull breaches in the ship where you can explore in and enemies like significantly scale in difficulty there, which is kind of cool. But I got to a certain part in the main story where I needed to like go up to an elevator basically and you easily find out long before this that the elevator is broken and so um i didn't go to the elevator first because i knew that that would like spur a dialogue option or something or or it would continue the main story and i decided i just got this key card i'm going to explore the ship a little bit so i walk into this laboratory and then this your main sort of contact who's talking to you throughout the game was like hey what are you doing over there oh oh wait you know what i i you probably realize the elevator's broken, right? And that there's a secret entrance to where you need to go through that lab. Well, keep going. And then the the the, the huh. like the game just the objective just updated and it was like, okay, keep going. So I thought that was pretty cool because I essentially skipped a, a dialogue option in an entire objective and just mm-hmm. randomly went the right way and the game compensated for that. That's really cool. I like yeah. it when games are aware of like what the player's doing. Um, to go back to like the, uh, like the environments that we were talking about, I was just watching a couple of videos this week. Um, it sounds like the press has copies of the surge, which is a game that we've talked about on this show, yeah. Oh, yeah. which is like sci-fi dark souls, basically developed by a studio that made Lords of the fallen. Um, yeah, I forget what they're called, but same. Uh, and I remember thinking, watching these videos at like deck 13 interactive. Yes, that's it. Um, the environments in that game are super, super bland. Like, yeah. and I have a feeling yeah. it is just a, a murder corridor that's like intertwined and like there are shortcuts and they're like it's vertical and like. But I, I haven't seen anything that indicates that it's going to expand or look any different than like the trailers or any of the early gameplay that we've seen. Is there an embargo for tomorrow? Oh, I'm not sure. It's uh, either tomorrow or Tuesday. If there is, it's pretty light. Um, so, I who was it? Oh, um, Jim Sterling put up a video of it from the mm. the Jim Quisition. Um, oh yeah, and he liked it. Like yeah, he he's not somebody who like I don't think he's like a huge Dark Souls fan, and he's no. he's notoriously just like like very very hard on games. And like, I, and I watched his video and kind of listened to his reasoning. It's like, yeah, it's not as good as Dark Souls. It's a little lighter, and the world's not as interesting. But like, mm-hmm. it's, apparently, it's like totally serviceable. Um, cool. I got, I'm gonna wait for more impressions to come out. Um, yeah. Just because Lords of the Fallen was pretty bad. Uh, like I, 
hated it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not, not in the way that I've hated other shows on this or other games on this show, but yeah, I was just like, this is just aggressively mediocre and just trying so hard to to be Dark Souls and then not understanding what it is about Dark Souls that makes it great. Mm-hmm. Um, One of the weird things that I saw is that like when you in Dark Souls when you die you have like as much time as you need to get back to your body and find the uh, yeah your your currency. If you die in the surge, uh, you actually given a timer and you like if you don't go back to your body within that time where you lose everything mm-hmm. and it's like three or four minutes or something it's ridiculous yeah. but uh yeah th- that that is kind of rough like i i hope that to kind of accommodate that like this kind of scaling of yeah. uh like how much i think it's like machine parts in uh the surge uh instead of souls or echoes and dark Souls and bloodborne yeah. um like if those are kind of scaled better to like compensate offset- for that yeah, yeah then like that's okay but i i don't see that like yeah. j- just from what i know of their design it wouldn't um, work yeah. in a souls game like if yeah. it w- wouldn't work in a from software game like that yeah no we're just, just like oh like maybe just like the rate that you, you need more of those parts whatever they are to like go up a level or to buy stuff mm-hmm. um if it's a little bit more like even that where it's like it's not as much i can kind of get it but yeah, that, that just sounds rough, and I understand that they need to try to distinguish themselves as much as they can from Dark Souls. But um, yeah, that's it's a little weird to me. Uh, yeah, so, um, I'm curious to see how that game turns out. What people yeah. think of it? Because it yeah. sounds like fine. Like uh, I was watching exactly. Brad play it on Giant Bomb, and um, like I couldn't really gauge what his reaction was. Uh, yeah, like I, so. from what I haven't heard anything like explicitly bad or explicitly like good. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, th- this is a video game and it's playable. Yeah, it's just a sci-fi Dark Souls. Yeah. yeah, this is all it is. Yeah, but but it, it just yeah, it looks so bland. Like the character like looks totally un- uninteresting. Yeah. Um, well, did you? Uh, I heard that like he actually starts off. You, you you play as a character with a disability, and like your oh. suit gives you back the ability to walk and stuff, which is really cool. But I think that, like, yeah. like, like that's it. <laughs> like, yeah. at one point you have a disability, and then the next moment, oh, you don't. You're super powered. So yeah. if, if maybe it plays with that in a more interesting way, but it sounds like it, maybe story and world came second to like the idea of sci-fi and then just cloning the well, Dark Souls sort of gameplay. And so the search has its thing where you um, take parts off like off of fallen enemies, and yeah, you, you can target en- uh, enemy parts, right? Yeah, so it's like oh, I'm, like I need a new right arm armor, so you, like you can target the right arm, and so <clears throat> whenever you do um, like an execution kill or whatever it is, like you explicitly target the arm, like cut it off, and then like that's the part that'll drop. Yeah, um, which I think is really interesting, and uh, like if you kind of look at like it's part of their marketing, so you know that that's it wasn't something that's like oh yeah, like we're gonna throw this in the game, like that was a like primary like design conceit that they had and like that's one of the things that they're kind of pushing on the game and i don't know if that's enough to sell an entire game on yeah um yeah we'll see you need some kind of other hook where like with neo it's like oh you have like these like other stances and like it's not a massive sprawling open world like it neo did a lot to separate itself from the souls games while also like being a very fitting and probably the best non from software game in that kind of line of souls likes. Right. Um, right. And like, and now that I'm deep into Bloodborne, I think that I'm going to redownload Neo once I'm finished with it. Yeah. Cool. It'd be fun to talk to someone else who's actually played it. So <laughs> oh, th- th- there's your niche game that nobody else has played. Well, <laughs> yeah, it like blew up our critic circle, but yeah. Which yeah. like, since we were kind of tepid on, I always forget that like, oh yeah, like Phil Kohler gave that like a nine, something yeah. like that. Phil and Arthur gave it like an eight or nine. Yeah, they reviewed that's it together, really good and like and it was pretty well received across the board. Um, and as a quick aside, Rhodes, did you see the thing where uh, Dark Souls three almost just like took out the like bonfires, or like they 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 had made it where you can like place your own bonfire? Yeah, so. Um, there was an article that Patrick wrote for Waypoint, and I actually think that Kevin McDonald for Kotaku UK wrote something a couple years ago about this. Yeah. Um, but like early scrubs of or early versions of Dark Souls Three uh, had it so that you could remove the bonfires, um, or no, place your own bonfires, yeah. right? 
Yeah, no, yeah. it's where, yeah, like you place the bonfire and wherever you want. Yeah, I, I don't remember if it was like wherever you want or like within certain parameters, but like that's that's crazy to me. Yeah, that would totally change the way you play. And it, mm. if it was done right, I guess you could make it work, but it seems like you'd be able to cheese your way through even yeah. more than you kind of can. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of want to have Brian try Dark Souls 3 because I feel like that is so much like more well-rounded. Um, that was the first... like. Probably. Capital D Dark Souls game that I actually beat. Um, I didn't play. <laughs> I didn't beat one or two. I I played through Bloodborne, but that was it. Yeah, no, like I, I only played like an hour of two, and then I've played I'm through most of most of the first one like twice. Yeah. Um, <sighs> and yeah, I'm, I'm right at the end of, uh, Dark or uh, Bloodborne. I just got to the Unseen Village or Valley, whatever it is. Okay. Um, cool. After you beat After you beat Rom. I hate, that's like going to my least favorite. I think that's like an actually bot, bad boss fight. The, um, the, wrong, the wrong boss fight? Yeah, it's like a big spider thing. It sucks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's one of those things where um, Bloodborne gives you a lot of fights that are you have to like balance multiple enemies, like the um, uh, yeah. who are the the Shadow of Yarnum, the the three. Yeah, like, you fight three figures. enemies at once. Yeah, um, and. Like I so my friend circle was of the Dark Souls friend circle where it's like like the get good like like play it as hard as you can. And yeah. so like I always tried playing it like I'm I'm not gonna like summon in other like NPCs. Oh, I always summon in friends. Yeah, and, and like I've been doing that and I accidentally got put in um well not accidentally, I I got to the um like little prison area where you can go to early on where it's like way too advanced for you. Mm-hmm. Um the hypo hypogean gowl or something I don't yeah know. yeah yeah um and i just like s- sat there and started cheesing enemies and like got way uh like like way advanced in terms of like level mm-hmm. like it, i just grinded there for for a minute and so then when i went through um like the for- forbidden woods and fi- fought the uh, shadow of yarnum and did all of that like i was way overpowered and it was so much fun nice <laughs> so like it, yeah, it was great. I'm I'm having more fun, and like and Bloodborne, like when that little Twitter thing went out, it's like oh, like post your fi- like favorite game each year the past five years. Like Bloodborne was the only one where I was like instantly like, yep, that was my favorite game of 2015. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah, like and and I'm, I the game's so good. <laughs> yeah, I might pick that one up again soon, but I, I still have to get through Near, which I haven't I haven't really touched much since last week. Um, yeah, just plugging along. I actually That's, played a lot more Zelda um, in the last week, and I, I'm kind of over my like gaming slump um, yeah. that we were Me talking too. about last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all it took was talking to you guys. <laughs> so yeah, that that night I hopped on Overwatch with my friend. And we played for like three hours, and I was like, oh yeah, video games are good again. Like, yeah, like I, I think that was it. like I needed to play something with other people because just, just in yeah. general, I was like so busy with work and stuff that I'd like, I'd get home and just like kind of just stop. It was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm home. I'm just decompressing for the entire night. And just yeah. like having the social aspect, I think it was a big part of it. Yeah. Um, for me, it was just like making sure that I stopped feeling guilty about playing games for like a couple hours. Um, mm, right. I had multiple times like this morning and yesterday where I was just like, Nope, I'm going to play Zelda right now. And that's it. Um, and it's been really fun. Like I, I, I really enjoy setting little objectives for myself that aren't really part of the game. Um, or like part of the main story. Uh, like Zelda's really good about like, if you talk to everybody, you'll discover things that are happening in the world and they just sort of allude to them. So right now I'm just sort of, uh, someone mentioned something about like an ancient tech lab and that sounds really cool. So now I'm out looking for an ancient tech lab, nice. uh, out out into the northeast ish area um yeah that's yeah there's a lot of fun it. stuff going on like yeah when th- that's... they were like you don't have a master sword and i'm like okay and i went out and got yeah. the master sword is it possible to just like find it really early yeah well, uh, yeah, you, yeah you, you can find it early but you can't get it until you have 12 hearts it's 10 shrines yeah yeah oh. so like yeah you you need to get your health up before you can actually take it that's a bummer because i I actually haven't uh, 
put anything into hearts aside maybe once or maybe once and then no it's only it's only because i beat the defined beast that i got a heart thing you uh, can, everything um, else has uh, gone to just stamina you can pay to to move all of your your like containers from one to the other so you can oh. move all your stamina to hearts uh temporarily it, to do that yeah oh, it's interesting. in uh, it's in hateno village i think it's like under the bridge it, or something yeah so it, it's kind of by the house you get mm-hmm. um i think it's a, like if, if you kind of head to like the, the same direction like we're yeah. like to the entrance of the village just like parallel like yeah. from your house like follow that direction and then there's like a little one um a, one of the little uh the, the the little statues that you normally uh um, yeah. upgrade with there's a little like demonic one. Oh, cool um and they can reallocate yeah. your orbs yeah and there's a little kid in the village um who will like take you there but it's, oh. pr- it's not too hard to find on your own cool um but yeah so he will give you a th- I think it's like he'll give you 200 rupees for um to to remove like a stamina vessel or a heart container mm-hmm. um and then it's like 220 to take the one that he has and repurpose it so <laughs> each time it's like a net 20 rupees yeah. cost to um, gotcha to move it over but like that, that's what i did I, I was i was kind of even in investing in hearts and stamina and then um i was like oh shit i think i have enough upgrades to just do this so i spend a bunch of money to do that and grab yeah. the master sword and then went and changed it back yeah cool yeah i uh i don't know i i also was i'm really taken with um with like the moments that you get for or like when would you would you look at stuff in the past like when you're reliving memories and stuff yeah the, the memories are really cool yeah. I think the moments with Zelda are actually really good, and the yeah. Um, I did the I just did the thing with the Zora, and people gave oh, this yeah. game shit for um, bad voice acting and stuff, and like, it's like not great, but yeah. there's something like if you are just listening to what they're saying and you're like imagining what these characters are doing or how they're feeling. I'm not saying you need to like put in extra legwork to mm. to make them good characters or make them good cutscenes, but like i think it's all pretty touching and it is yeah i think they're all really interesting and like this world is leaning very heavily into the ethos of legend of zelda more than any game has ever yeah it's super super cool well and and they just like have a lot of throwbacks to like previous zeldas where like every location in the game like seemingly is like a reference to a previous character and just the way that kind of like the way that like lightly like intertwines the like previous lore Mm -hmm. like is is really cool and and this Zelda, just in scope, like seems like oh, this would be the Zelda that like uh, flooded in Wind Waker, or it's right. like the, yeah right. the the or the, the Hyrule the the Hyrule right. in, like Ocarina of Time was way too small to be the Hyrule that is in. Yeah, like, I think it's just it's the scope of the processing yeah. power of yeah. like nineteen ninety nine. But but I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and yeah, yeah, it's you know realistically like those games kind of been been that big, but like mm-hmm. it makes me think like oh like if you're like kind of just like you know in your head like trying to like tie things together it's like yeah like i feel like this would be the you know the sunken mm-hmm. wind waker high roll absolutely i agree um, yeah no, cool. th- like it's it's super cool like zelda's voice for me is just a little yeah off, a little but, grating but but like just a little bit like it's not like um oh, what was the one it's final fantasy 13 where it's like that one character voice that was actually like pretty grating it, it didn't bother me the way that it bothered a lot of people was it vanilla like the australian girl i don't know Oh, i can't remember like, yeah I don't like, know. yeah like it, it's it's not like to the point where it's like i can't fucking stand any time that zelda's talking but it, it is a, just a little like it's a poor british accent i don't like the the like trying to talk with like thou and dies like the old like air yeah. quotes old english like thing that you see a lot of like i think animes and like uh, I think a lot of like Japanese like produced things sort of lean a little more heavily into it than a lot of Western stuff lately. Like Persona Five does it a bit too, and it's like it just comes off so tacky and like interesting. I feel yeah, like yeah. you could you could convey much more by just talking more more simply and like, yeah modern. I, I think modern. that might be where like like Japanese developers are trying to like capture more like ancient historical western dialect yeah. and i think that something might be off in translation a bit there um yeah mm-hmm. but largely i think 
the Breath of the Wild's writing is like some of the most like I, I think it's the best Nintendo writing that's ever totally been like it's it's just some of the best I think and at least like from a like conversational standpoint I think it's some of the best like like up there probably with like oxen free where like just the mm. way that pe- like people interact with each other in ways that feel natural especially like with the Gorons like they're they speak in like slang yeah and it's really like natural and refreshing and I think we also talked about this where it's like um in a more cartoony way like Pokemon Sun and Moon did that where oh. it's like like a ki- like characters talk like pretty naturally and even though it's like a kids game so it's naturally a little like hokey and um the corny but like it, largely the dialogue is like really interesting and I hmm. like that was one of the my, my takeaways with Breath of the Wild where it's like they you know in a game that like has more text than probably Nintendo's at least like conversationally like not like mm-hmm. a Metroid Prime in terms of like all of the lore but like for a Nintendo game that probably is the most like narrative and text dense game, like they put out like some of their best written content. Yeah. Yeah. And I think yeah. I had imagined the like the the quote old English stuff that they do is probably like a localization thing tra- where the you know that folks that are trying to convert this game into English maybe are trying to pull from something that is culturally more of like a Japanese thing, like perhaps like i don't know anything about japanese culture really beyond what i consume from my western perspective and i could imagine that maybe there's just something over there that really jives a lot better with their audience that just watch terrace house you'll get japanese culture i I don't need to keep going on that (laughs) if they're if they're if they're if the local is localization thing like you're saying i can see them maybe dealing with japanese text that's written in like old japanese or something like Um, or maybe they're using like noble speak or honorifics or something. Cause like Japanese language does change based on who you're talking to and who is talking like, yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Um, but that seems like a fault of the local. I don't want to like place blame on anything like the localizers yeah. should know what works for a Western audience. So. I think it sounds tacky, but I am one person. I, I actually agree. There's moments where Zelda's talking sometimes and I'm like, really? Why are you saying that? Like, <laughs> um, but I, largely, I, I think that like she's an interesting character. Yeah, and like especially there's there's just moments like the little things you learn about her like that she doesn't feel like she's qualified to be a princess. She's much more interested in like like uh, flowers and like wildlife and science. And stuff. It's just, there's some she's really interesting. I don't know. I like that like the the memories are very much like zelda's quest and zelda's mission and zelda's job and link is just like the voiceless like bodyguard and i mean the game itself is like link on his own mission now but it's like zelda going to mount laneru and like zelda uniting the different races and like link is just like training or practicing while she's like doing like important with like capital i important shit yeah yeah no yeah the way that like um the gerudo um like like the gerudo have some feelings about zelda Mm -hmm. um and like i think that that's super interesting where it's like oh like not everybody's just universally like oh yay like you know uh i forget the king's name but like oh like the royal family of hyrule they're great like where it always just kind of felt like and and largely in like video games like especially like thinking back to the like old school era of like zeldas where it's like like oh yeah like you know unless you're like you're the like invading force or like you know the mm-hmm. anta- like, antagonist everyone's of the game, like, good yeah everyone's like oh yeah like our kingdom's pretty great and we're like yeah. in breath of the wild like like there are people who are like hold grudges and like the zoro hold grudges against you and like yeah like, that's one of the more interesting things is like earning their trust and mm-hmm. yeah like, yeah it, yeah it, it's 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 really cool like the way that that all is like designed and um just the relationships and the lore of yeah specifically that like Hyrule like it's really interesting and like I this is I I would not be disappointed if like they did some kind of direct sequel like just from a lore perspective like yeah the only time they've ever done that is like kind of with A Link Between Worlds um like being like a like sequel like it's technically a sequel to Link to the Past but it's very vague in the way that it is like other Mm -hmm. than sharing the same world map Majora's Mm -hmm. Mask um i same character i guess well like and yeah that, that that actually is the supposed to be the same link but 
like but then if you're getting like deep in the lore it's like was that a dream like what was yeah. that like like alternate timeline yeah, um so a couple a couple more things i like i like how we've already talked about shrines on this show before so i'm not going to reiterate what they are but i like how sometimes going into a shrine or like the act of getting to a shrine is the puzzle yeah. right like yeah. like I, even tide island is a shrine for mm-hmm. all intents and purposes climbing this figuring out how to climb this super super weird rock in the middle of a lake is the shrine and yeah. once you get in you just get the orb i love stuff like that um and then i also like uh there was something else but i forgot it i'm having one of those days um <laughs> it's a cool game i really like it yeah so, the so there yeah um did you beat that lionel else? i have not beaten a lionel i like i went they're hard like an the, hour at it the, the one <laughs> but it's, above the zora kingdom is pretty easy oh well yeah. that's the one that i spent as much time against so um well uh, oh, yeah. you only have like four hearts though yeah that's probably it so i only have four yeah, hearts. i watched so, a tutorial of a guy who has all stamina and three hearts and he just like completely owns the lionel well th- did you uh, see the video of the dude who like killed like four lionels in like three minutes without ever hitting the ground no, no but I we're, we're like, like yeah so he uh he goes in on his uh glider shoots just a bunch of bomb arrows and uses the updrafts to like stay afloat and then like oh and then yeah. he travels probably like a half kilometer um to where there's like two more nested and like it, it it's pretty ridiculous just the the way that people have like fucked with breath of the wild to do really cool shit is incredible agreed uh, uh emergent gameplay yeah environmental storytelling System. um <laughs> physics um thank you for listening to fans of the genre uh if you want to send your emails like taylor again that email is info at infinite dogs.com we'd love to read your questions on the air and we, i think that question drove some good conversation because we yeah. weren't yeah. prepared for this show so um nope. <laughs> and if you like what we're doing please rate us on apple podcasts it helps others discover the show it takes just a few minutes and it really helps us out follow us um, on twitter what is this just, just real quick if in term like on the subject of sharing it like it's mother's day today um, oh yeah so give well, your, when we're recording give, yeah. yeah yeah give your mom a mother's day present just send her the podcast and then she'll, like she'll grab her it. phone and click download and then just say yeah. thanks mom i'm done and moms then love um, us. fans of the genre true. moms love it yeah we're fans of the moms we love fans moms. of the genre kid tested mother approved big ups to all moms of uh, of all stars and stripes um follow us on twitter at fans of genre (laughs) or at infinite underscore dogs it's a classic Uh, roadie right there yeah (laughs) or on facebook at fb.me slash fans of the genre or fb.me slash infinite dogs 420 and thank you to john bash for composing original music for us um you can find more at johnbash.com i gotta be honest with you guys i don't think i'm gonna put music in this show just because it's late and i want to get it up so um anyway go back to an old episode and and listen to the music <laughs> thanks john trying to, trying to get it up yeah just trying to get it up you know how it is um mikey where can people find you on the internet um twitter.com slash mikey krieger brian uh, what about you at brian t swanson um i'm at Rhodes clark you already know i'm just stealing all of austin walker's bits that's the show goodbye bye be bad and be bad at it there you go. That's a good, <laughs> good slogan. We did it. All right. Shouldn't Bye. the world's boys talk about games? Shouldn't three white guys talk about video games in two microphones for an hour and 12 minutes? Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. Sounds bye. good. Bye. <laughs>